Blog Talk Radio. What's that? We're going to actually give hope to fans of the Young and the Restlesses? Heaven? I forgot their names for a second there. Hillary and Devon? We're also going to be uh, dishing out a little bit of tough love tonight because, you know, we love our soaps, but sometimes when you want the best for something, you need to give them a little tough love, and that's what we're going to be doing tonight. We'll also be taking your calls if you want to join in. Give me a call at 714-868-0749. Again, that's 714-868-0749. We're going to have all that and more right on the other side of the opening credits. And good evening, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Uh, That's right, Wednesday. It used to always be Tuesday when we did the show. Then we moved it to Monday. This week it's Wednesday. Who knows when it's going to come up? The best way to stay connected is to make sure you go to blogtalkradio.com slash tune in tomorrow and follow us. Uh, That way, whenever there is a podcast slated, you'll know. And if you miss it, you'll be able to go right there and uh, download it. It's also available on iPhone tunes for you to download and listen to. Forgive my uh, sort of sloppy opening there. I'm not used to this new format where I actually talk before the theme music, Uh, but I've been trying to give a little tease before the show so we know what we're talking about. And the show started and I was like, ah, I have nothing to say. This must be what it's like for Julie Chen every week when she hosts the live episode of Big Brother, which Big Brother's coming up in just a couple weeks. Every summer I say I am not going to waste my time watching, what, three hours a week of that? And every summer, as those of you who have followed me for a while know, I get sucked in. It's just like the bad star and bad threat. I always say I'm not going to watch, but I do. But that's not what you're here for. You're here for Soap Talk, and uh, we're going to give you plenty of it. We'll have a little preview. We'll have some tough talk. And as promised, we're going to um, sort of give a little hope to fans of Hillary and Devon from The Young and the Restless who have become a little bit disheartened of late, but we're going to give them reason to hold on. Uh, If you want to join the conversation, if you've got a pet peeve or a little – Uh, tough love you'd like to give to your favorite soap or soap character, give me a call. It's 714-868-0749. Again, that's 714-868-0749. Once you're on the air, you'll get a uh, a little – you'll be prompted to – push the number one, I believe, and it'll send a signal up. Forgive me, it is 110 degrees here in the Soaps in Depth Studios, which is also known as my home, where we have no air conditioning because of a project we're doing, and it is frying my brain. You know that commercial, this is your brain, this is your brain on drugs? Well, this is my brain on 110 degree temperature, and I don't want to turn on the fan because it'll make too much distortion, and I don't want you guys to be uncomfortable. So... Forgive me. Uh, and, and forgive me if the show suddenly disappears because this t- kind of heat tends to play with our computers as well, and they could 
vanish at any moment, which I hope not to have happen, but one never knows. So let's start off tonight with a little bit of tough love. And we're going to work our way around the dial and give it to all of the soaps. It's important to know that um, I have long been a big believer that criticism without praise is as pointless as praise without criticism. Uh, I am I can be a little tough on Twitter on people who seem to have nothing but negative things to say. If you don't want to send a little positivity out there to go with the negativity, you know it's it needs to be balanced because if the show if, if whatever show you are watching and I don't care if it's you know Bachelor in Paradise, which okay, not gonna lie, excited to have it coming back despite all the uh, uh, questions about whether it would be or not. General Hospital, you know uh, the Young and the Restless. I don't care if it's Entertainment Tonight. If everything you have to say about that show is negative, then stop watching it because it is no longer giving you pleasure. And I don't mean to tell soap fans, I will never tell soap fans they shouldn't be watching their show, but I guess in a way I sort of am. If if you are nothing, if, if it is making you nothing but miserable, if absolutely nothing on the show is bringing you happiness, then I just can't advocate that you watch, even though, you know, I sort of think people should watch every day. Um, but we're going to we'll go around the dial and we're going to give a little tough love to each of the shows because even when a soap is at its very best, it's still probably got, you know, a little room for improvement. There's always something that's not working. And what works for me may not be the same thing as what works for you. And what doesn't work for me may not be the same thing as what doesn't work for you. So we're going to uh, dive right in. And the first show we're going to look at is Days of Our Lives. And we're going to give Days of Our Lives a little bit of a pass here because, as you guys know, Days of Our Lives is only a few weeks away from the very exciting prospect of Ron Carlovati, who was the former head writer of One Life to Live and the former head writer of General Hospital. Um, he's going to be taking over Days of Our Lives. And we've been getting little glimpses. The actors are very excited, both um, – uh, Galen Gehring, who plays Rafe, sent out a tweet saying how excited he was about some of the scripts he'd been getting. And before that, Chandler Massey, who is coming back as Will, also uh, indicated how excited he is. We now know that Days of Our Lives will begin airing Ron Carlovati's episodes in, uh, I believe it's July 19th is the uh, date. Now that's, of course, assuming that we don't get more preemptions and stuff like that coming down the pike. But as of right now, we are expecting his episodes to air on uh, July, July 19th. So right now we're going to give Days of Our Lives a little bit of a pass. I will say, now that they are off the island, and I've said it before, don't get me started on that island. And that's generally true of almost every island story. I think island stories are almost always a disaster. Uh, you know, Lost being a possible exception. <laughs> and Survivor, I like Survivor. Uh, but now that they are off the island, we are about to head into a very exciting story. Um, the various folks who have come back from the island are... Uh, they have reason to celebrate, and they're going to celebrate. But uh, we're going to have Demos committing some very bad, bad boy acts in the next couple of weeks, and it's going to lead to a, a really big climax. I shouldn't say climax because it really isn't the climax. It's the beginning of a new story. And I think that story will keep us sort of percolating right up until and perhaps even after Ron Carlovati's script starts. So I am excited about the future for days. I'm not really loving a lot of stuff that's going on on screen right now, but I'm looking forward to what's coming down the pike. So uh, I guess my tough love there is 
really for fans instead of a show, and it is hang on because, you know, help is on the way in the form of Ron Carlovati. Uh The Bold and the Beautiful. As we all know, Sheila is back. Sheila had her big return uh, a week ago Friday, and uh, they got a ratings bump from it, which I'm very happy to see. Of course, the secret to a ratings bump is that you have to, you know, people tune in for – to see what all the excitement's about, but do they stay? So the next couple of weeks will be very telling. It's good news that The Young and the Restless and The Bold and the Beautiful just got re- renewals this week. We're very excited about that. Three years for The Young and the Restless, two years, I believe, for The Bold and the Beautiful. So that's really good news. Um, but The Bold and the Beautiful, my tough love for The Bold and the Beautiful would be this. You know I love you. You know I love you, Bambi. But I need you to tell two stories or more at the same time. And you've been doing this a lot of days. There are a lot of days when, you know, you'll have not only the Sheila going on, but maybe the, the um, maybe you'll have some stuff with Brooke and Bill, or maybe you'll have some stuff with Quinn and Ridge, although that's really the Sheila story. Or maybe you'll have um, some of the stuff with Nicole and Zendi and Maya, um, this story that I'm absolutely loving. The problem that I'm having is that when you do not have two stories going, you tend to fall into a pattern where it's uh, two characters in a story, and then we cut to two other characters talking about that story, and then maybe two more characters having the same conversation about the story. And if, as a fan, I am not invested in that story, then there's nothing for me. So by sort of telling more than one story at a time, even giving throwaway stuff from another story that has nothing to do with the main story you're telling that day, you know, you have a much better chance of keeping people invested. I'm not going to say me invested because I kind of like all the stories that are going on right now for the most part. I want to slap Zendi upside the head, but that's nothing new. I've wanted to slap Zendi upside the head for a long time. I think he's being a terrible husband. Uh, I, I, I think, you know, every time he has this conversation with Nicole, on the one hand, he's trying to be supportive, but on the other, he, he always says, we can keep trying. We can still have another baby of our own. And he never says, we can explore other options. You know, he is adopted. He should mention adoption. And this would go a long way toward me wanting to slap him less because, uh, you know, he is – on the one hand, he's trying to support her, but he's actually putting more pressure on her. He's basically saying, give away this child uh, to, to uh, your sister and her husband. And instead of saying, you know, if we, want, if we can't have a child of our own, we will pursue other options, he continues to say, you know, we'll keep trying. We'll have a child. We're going to have our miracle kind of thing. And that just puts more pressure on this poor girl and her damaged uterus, and nobody needs that. So, Zendi, knock it off. Uh, moving over to the young and the restless, our tough love for the young and the restless. Um, I think there's a lot of really, really good stuff going on there right now. I would say that the biggest problem might be that some stories are sort of sliding to the wayside and disappearing. I mean, we need to see some of our vets. Lauren and Michael really have next to nothing to do right now. I mean, Lauren has been sort of reduced to uh, being Scotty's mother and serving as no nothing more than a spoiler for him and Sharon. And, you know, fans love Lauren and Michael. They absolutely adore them, and they want to see more of them. I would also say my other big piece of tough love, and I've been banging this drum for a while, is ditch GC Buzz. Ditch the Hillary Hour. Ditch whatever you're calling that show that 
They supposedly do at that studio because it's just sort of dead weight. It doesn't feel like a real show. It's Mariah and 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 um, Mariah and Hillary should not be working together. Uh, it's just it's just that's just not working. And there's better things you can do with those characters. By the way, um, I did say that we would be giving uh, hope to Hillary and Devon fans. So let's get to that right now. And then we'll go back to our tough love where we're going to hit General Hospital, which is in serious need of some tough love talk. Um, so for a while now, Hillary and Devon fans have felt. And trust me, I hear it. I get it on Twitter all the time. I hear you, Ferris Blag. Um, they have felt as if Hillary and Devon are being um, badly written, as if um, – and, and this is a lot from single couple shippers who, you know, if their couple is not together, then they are not happy. And you all know how I feel about that. I believe um, – for a couple to have longevity, they have to have story apart as well as together. They have to get together with other people. They have to cause, you know, problems. They have to sometimes marry other people. You don't get to be a couple like Victor and Nikki, one of the super couples of Genoa City, by having, you know, 20 years of happiness. That's, that's just not a workable soap opera couple. You have to be apart. You have to be separated. But the one thing that they're saying that I kind of do agree with is that Hillary is being written as – how do I put this? Something of a bitch. And, you know, soaps need bitches. That's, that's 100% true. But they also need to have vulnerability. They need to have a human side. And we're not really seeing that with Hillary right now. In fact, right now, Hillary is getting involved in the, you know, is so deeply enmeshed in this um, lawsuit that Juliet has brought against Kane and Brash and Sassy that it, 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 it makes no sense. There's no reason for her to be this invested in it, especially since if we are to believe that Hillary and Devon are the root for couple, and we are to believe that. I mean, you know, that is, you don't go to the trouble of creating a couple that has the huge fan support that this, this couple does and, and then, you know, not make them your root for couple. They are clearly the root for couple here, despite the fact that she is with Jordan and he is with Mariah at the moment. But, you know, Hillary is too smart to think that going after Devon's sister's marriage is going to have the outcome that she wants, that it's going to have, you know, a, a positive outcome for her. So that needs to be fixed. And I'm happy to say that in the next couple of weeks, you are definitely going to see a shift in sort of the way this whole story is being written, particularly with Hillary and Devon and Mariah and Jordan. You're going to see a little bit of a shift there. And I believe, it is my personal belief, that as this shift takes place in the next few weeks, you are going to see exactly kind of what I've been saying. Um, I've been urging fans of the couple to be patient and to sort of look at it not from the point of view of a single couple shipper who want Hillary and Devon together, but from the point of view of um, how a soap opera writer looks at a canvas, looks at a story, looks at a long-term potential, and, and plays it. And I think you're going to see um, a, a shift here. I can't really say too much, but I'm telling you that I believe if, like, three weeks from now you are a fan of Hillary and Devon, you will say to me, okay, you were right. I, I you know, that, 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 there, is, that there is definitely um, – a shift that will make fans of that particular couple happy. Okay, having done that, we are about to dive into 
what I think is the soap in most need of tough love, and that is General Hospital. Uh, General Hospital is a show I have watched um, probably probably longer than any of the others that are currently on the air. I'm not really sure. Maybe The Young and the Restless, because I remember all the way back when when uh, Catherine was wandering around the mansion, supposedly dead, singing, I'm going to live until I die. So it's a, it's a tough call. But uh, my mom was a General Hospital fan. And, of course, many of us of my age, which is 22, um, grew up, you know, we, we watched the shows that our, our moms or dads or whoever watched grandmas, and we got initiated in that way. So that's sort of how I got into General Hospital. Uh, and so I, I have a real connection and history with this show. I've seen it through good times. I've seen it through bad times. And right now I feel like the show is in need of some major transitioning. Uh, it's General Hospital, I've always said, has amazing, amazing actors. They have some of the most talented actors on the planet. You know, Nancy Lee Grand, William DeVry, Maurice Bernard, Laura Wright, uh, uh, Chad Duell, uh, Chloe Lanier, uh, even now, you know the young ones. You look at look at what Eden McCoy has been doing um, as Jocelyn of late. Look at Nicholas Bechtel as Spencer. There's there's just a large canvas of really incredibly talented actors uh, who who work on this show. However, the storylines on this show are in they're troublesome. They're troublesome, honestly. We live in a dark time, and, and too many of this show's storylines are revolving around um, characters with, whose moral compasses have been broken, and they've been broken for a long time. Um, I love the character of Sonny Corinthos. I love Maurice Bernard. But I need to see some evidence that he is changing his ways. Now, I will say there's a storyline coming up. It's going to start in the next week or two that I'm really excited about. It's going to play into the Jason Sam story, with that, which if you've been watching, you've seen that Sam, something is very wrong with Sam. And, um, uh, and one of the things she really wants is for Jason to get away from uh, Sonny, for him to like lessen his ties to him because it's too dangerous and she's lost him once and she doesn't want to lose him again. I'm really, uh, I, I like this story and there's about to be a new element of it, um, a, a new element tossed into it as far as a decision that Sonny is going to make. And I think it's really interesting. I'll be looking forward to seeing where it's going. But the show, it, it also has some major problems with other in other areas. For example, I know that Julian and Alexis have a huge fan base. I love and respect the Julexis fan with, with all my heart and soul. But for me, as someone who does not watch a show based on a couple, but watches a show you know, for its entirety and, and, and watches it through a critical eye, there, is, there has been absolutely nothing done to make me throw my support behind a Julian and Alexis reunion. You know, Julian keeps saying how he's sorry and he did it because of this, that, and the other thing, but none of that actually makes sense in, a long, in, in the terms of the long-term story. And I am a big believer that on a soap opera, if you have characters do something um, and it's a bad thing, you better be prepared to have them pay the consequences. And unfortunately, that is something General Hospital lost sight of many years ago. We've seen one bad thing after another committed, one bad act committed after another by the leading strongest characters on the show and then sort of brushed under the rug. And, and, and I think this is something that needs to change because we live in an era where people need to see 
They need to see stories that offer them some hope. They need some positivity. They need some love. And we are getting more of that. Like we had some really nice romantic scenes over the last um, 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 couple of weeks, but they're interspersed with some, some kind of dark stuff. The other problem with General Hospital is a lack of payoff. You know, there's, uh, there's, there's, uh, there's, there's a real issue when we invest in a story for weeks and weeks and weeks, and at the end of it, it just sort of falls flat. There was no fallout to the Chimera story. We spent ages talking about the Chimera, and when we got to it, it boiled down to, um, uh, you know, Elizabeth talking her son into not doing something that, frankly, would have been far more interesting if he had. Imagine if he had opened the Chimera and, and, and we had kicked off a storyline in which, um, you know, many people in Port Charles were hospitalized because this virus was unleashed. Frankly, they could use it to, to trim the cast a little bit, which it is in needing of. It's a huge cast, and, and it's, it's, it's the size of the cast is one of the problems with the show right now because stories disappear for weeks because you can't possibly tell a good story for all these characters at the same time. Uh, so I struggle with that. I, I want to see um, some more romance. I want to see love. I love the stuff we're getting right now with Kevin and Laura and Spencer. That's fun stuff. I can't wait. At the end of today's episode, Spencer <laughs> went to visit Nina, and I can't wait to see how that plays out because um, Spencer is is a, a fun little character on the canvas. Um, you know, Liz and Franco. Liz and Franco are a couple that I've gotten really um, interested in over the last couple of months, and they are nowhere to be seen right now. They have vanished. And, and you know, we're, I, I know that there is story coming up for them. I know that, um, that they are sort of going to have to address some of the issues that they as a couple have, and we will be seeing that. But right now, I'm not seeing anything. I'm seeing, you know, sort of Liz on the canvas. I'm seeing Liz interacting with Jason, which is great. I like that they play that family tie. But, you know, you can't just drop couples and then expect me to be invested in them when you pick it up again weeks later. So, you know, there are some, there are some issues here that are making me a little bit um, – uh, they, they make me want to pull out my hair. And again, I say this with love because I love General Hospital. I I have been a fan of it for years, just like with all the soaps. I watch all the soaps. I mean, I have for as long as I can remember. Um, and and as a longtime viewer, you you become a you become. I almost said obsessed. I don't want to say obsessed, although it is my job to be obsessed. Um, but you you want the best for the shows. And when they're not at their best, you know there is a choir of people out there whether it's myself or fans on Twitter or the people calling into the lines or the people going on Facebook or Jamie Giddens and the crew at, at Daytime Confidential or Dan Kroll or, you know, there are a plethora of people out there who will gladly, you know, guide you toward what they believe might be wrong. And when all of those people see similar problems, then it might be worth listening to. Obviously, a lot of different people are going to say different things. Like, I think there's a problem with Julian and Alexis. Julexis fans are not going to see it that way. Uh, I think, you know, maybe I think there's a problem with this. Other people don't see that. But if you have a lot of people telling you some of the similar problems, some of the, you know, the pacing is not working or stories aren't having payoffs or, you know, there, there comes a point where if, if a large portion of people who are paid to offer opinions on the product that you're putting out 
all are sharing the same opinion, it might be worth, you know, sort of taking a little time and listening to what they have to say. Speaking of which, I have been babbling this entire time, so let's see what somebody else has to say. Um, if you want to join the conversation, <laughs> if you want to actually make it a conversation instead of me just babbling, uh, give me a call at 714-868-0749. Again, that's 714-868-0749. Uh, when you get on the line, you'll be prompted to push the button, uh, probably a one, maybe a two, I don't know. And it'll tell you that, uh, and it'll tell me that you're on the air, which will let me bring you on the air, which is exactly what I'm about to do with area code 347. Uh, I want to say you're on the air, but I'm not sure if you are or not. Hold on one second. My system's a little slow here, as I warned, because of the uh, because of the heat and because I was pushing the wrong button. That doesn't help either. Three four seven, you're on the air. What do you got for me? Hey, Richard, it's Tasha. Tasha, how are you tonight? I'm good. Okay, I agree with you with GH being needing help but I'm going to have to disagree with it being the one that needs the most help. That would have, that soap, that goes to days of our lives. Days was my well, first you know soap. What? I, I, I'm, I'm going to agree with you there. I think days of our lives is, is, is also the only reason I'm sort of giving it a pass right now is because we do know that there's big change coming. You know, we do know that on July 19th, Ron Carlovati's scripts will start and, and we're going to see some major changes. So I agree. I, I'm finding it real, real difficult some days. Days was my first soap. My first vivid memory of television was Bo riding his bike into the um, chapel to stop the wedding. I was three years old, and that is my first memory. I cannot watch days anymore. I don't like the teenagers, none of them. They can all go. I don't know. I'm sick of Nicole crying. Just give us a bloody baby. I, you know, I'm, this whole thing with Paul being crazy and stuff was so bad. It was like, oh, God. I don't know if I can hold on to July 19th to keep watching the show. It's a struggle. I mean, I do find I do find that already I'm seeing things that are um, interesting to me. I like having Morgan Fairchild on as Angelica. I think that's a great character from the past to bring on. Um, I like that it ties into longtime characters that I care about. You know, like I'm I'm interested to see how this is going to impact Adrian and Justin and Steve and Kayla. And like like I'm far more interested in how Angelica's arrival impacts them than I am anything that Trip is doing. You know, I, I, I don't understand why Trip looks at Jade, who is, you know, this, this sad, morose character that nobody likes, and yet she's the person that he's putting all of his faith in and, like, listening to what she says as opposed to what everyone else around him is saying. Like, like I don't understand that. That makes no sense to me. I mean, are we supposed to think that Trip is stupid? They're all on the slow part, I think. All of them need to go back. And we need to bring back the children actors and let those teenagers go. I'm sorry. I I was like, Abby, I really don't like Abby. And I know that they want to do this thing about, oh, Chad chose Gabby, but he really wants to be with Abby. But I'm just when they're together, I see no chemistry. Interestingly, I, I kind of see I kind of see more chemistry. I was going to say her and Dario. I like her and Dario, and that's sort of 
weirdly for me that's sort of a the, the Abby Dario stuff is sort of weirdly old fashioned, you know, like like, okay, I need you to marry me so I can get a green card and you know, I, and she doesn't love him but he loves her and might they fall in love over time. That feels like an old fashioned kind of soap opera story to me. I'm I'm kind of into that. I hope yeah, I mean when she came back I was like, Okay, but when she was with Dario she sparked like I like Chad and Gabby, so I'm going to hold on to the 90s, but it is hard. And I'm sorry to know that um, the actress who plays Nicole is leaving, but she was driving me crazy with all her crying all the time. I was like, oh, Lord, tears, tears. She used to be so hard. Yeah, but, I mean, to be fair, A, she has a lot to cry about. And, I mean, and crying, you know, that, that's part of soaps. I mean, that's, you know, that's that's – that's that's one of the reasons we tune in is for big drama, and and I think that you know yes she used to be hard but that's supposed to be the point of you know characters change over time in, events impact them that change them I mean think about it if Nicole has had a through line over the last couple of years it is that Nicole has wanted to be a mother you know look at all she went through with EJ and and Sammy and that whole time and even before that you know she has wanted to be a mother for years and so the fact that you know that that somebody else had this child and that, and that, you know, that Chloe was able to basically have control over this situation. I, I get that. I, that to me is, is soapy drama. I'm, I'm good with that. And I don't mind seeing a softer Nicole because it, it, it plays into the years and years of backstory that I know about her and what she wants out of life. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, Maybe you're right. Maybe I should, you know, hold on, see what develops. My next thing is Bold and the Beautiful. So glad she lives back. But, I, you know, the advanced, that was a whole story, that transgender thing. It kind of lost me how fast Rick was to accept Maya. So well, like, you're going what? back. I it's mean, like, that's quite a ways back you're going. I mean, I mean, come on, let's judge it for what's so going on now, not not what happened two years ago. Yeah. I just never really got into the whole Maya Rick relationship. I was like, it was so fast. He was just, it was like day one. I'm a thing, and then she was like, okay, I still love you. I was like, what? That was right, but again, so that was fast. two years ago. That's it's you can't you yeah. can't sit here now and look at something from two years ago <laughs> and be like, okay, that's why I'm gonna not you know I'm gonna I'm gonna criticize. If, if the only thing you can think to criticize is from two years ago, then you have no valid complaint there. Oh no, I got a lot of stuff for Bold and Beautiful. They're repetitive. Oh my God, they repeat all the storylines. Their cast is a little bloated. They can let go. I'm sorry. It was nice seeing RJ. He could go back to school with Coco. She can go. He can go. That was nice. Well, so, go. But that, so, okay, so let's look at it this way. What do you want to see on the show? It's one thing to make be, because, as I always say, you can't just complain. If you're going to complain, you have to also offer up positive things. So, so what are you liking on the show? I like Sheila. I like the characters thing, but Eric is, they, okay, they need to do something. I like Katie. But I think it's time for Katie to realize she's not as mad as Quinn as she is mad as Brooke at, at um, Brooke and Bill. And I would like for them to build um, Katie up, maybe give her a real job. I like for them to at least give Eric back a little brain 
so that he can see something going on between his son? Well, let's, okay. First of all, I'm going to give you some good news. Katie is about to get a real job, and it's going to sort of put her in a new circle, and um, I'm kind of looking forward to it. It might also sort of play into her finally getting out of the repetitive Brooke Bill circle that she was in for a while. So that's good. Um, As far as Eric, let's face it. Eric has been an idiot since the day this show started. I mean, you know, look at Eric's history with Stephanie over and over and over yeah. again. Look at he, look at his history with Sheila. Look at his history with Donna. Look at his history with Brooke. Look at his, I mean, Taylor. Eric has been an idiot for 100 years. Uh, the, the thing is, that's sort of in a weird way why a lot of the stuff with Eric works for me is because, again, I'm very big on I want character actions to make sense. It, and, and, and that makes sense. I, what, I don't like when, an, when something a character does doesn't make sense. For example, to you know, your Katie point, I don't, I don't get Katie being so upset with Ridge and Quinn. It just, it just doesn't play. I don't understand why she's so invested in this relationship. Yeah, she's friends with Eric, and she's had a long-time relationship with him, but, but she's more upset about Quinn and Ridge than she was about Brooke and Bill, you know, like, like, I don't understand why she's so angry. And I need for her to realize, you know, whatever Brooke did to her, she also did to, what was the, uh, Brooke's daughter's name that was married to Nick? Oh, Bridget. Right. She slept with her niece's husband. Well, that's the other thing about the Bold and the Beautiful, and you either accept it or you don't. It's like, you know, it's, it's been true of it for 100 years, and that is mm-hmm. these are people who, A, lead very borderline incestuous lives, but they also almost immediately forget about those things. Like It's like they all have some kind of long-term memory problem because they never call each other out on that kind of stuff. You know, like 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 if you think about it, if you think about all the different people that, like, you know, they that – Katie and Brooke have both been involved in or that, you know, Ridge and his father have both been involved with. And it's just, it's just a weird, B a little unsanitary, I think. And, 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 but they do, they, they don't, they don't seem to remember these things. Like, like when you would think that you would have a conversation about, Hey, remember when you slept with Bridget, you know, maybe, maybe we should discuss that. That never really comes up. And, and that has long been something that the Bolton the Beautiful has done. <laughs> So I, you know, I'm looking forward to. I'm liking. I thought my last my thing with the Avants. I thought they had made Julius more accepted of um, Maya, but it seems like he's not as accepting. Like he was putting on an act. I mean, I feel sorry for Nicole, but there is adoption. I don't feel like they made Julius more accepting. I feel like Julius sort of. Put on an act. I think you're right. I think he's sort of put on an act. And I think what he's doing here, I like the way they're doing this because it's very subtle. He is not saying, your sister used to be a man. Take the baby away from her. You know, she, he's not playing that card. He's, but he's totally obviously in Nicole's corner, and he doesn't care if Maya gets hurt. And I think that very subtly plays on the fact that despite what he might try and say, how he might try and behave, he doesn't actually accept Maya for who she is. You know, I think that it's subtle and I love it. I love seeing Julia's like whispering in Nicole's ear, like he's the devil on her shoulder saying, you know, uh, you know, you should go, you should go take that baby. And he's not saying because 
you know, you're, that's not your sister, that's your brother, and I never really accepted her as who she says she is. But it's very much implied, and I think that's kind of cool. I'll be interested to see how far they're willing to take that. Uh, my last thing is about back to GH. I agree with you. I love the scenes between Carly and her daughter, where she was telling Carly the truth about her relationship with Sonny. Mm-hmm. But I want to see, I want her to be a little more devious. A little more like well, Sammy of old. Uh, and I Carly. don't think you're going to see necessarily. I don't think you're going to see that necessarily. But I will say this: we are going to see more of Jocelyn moving forward, and we are going to see her sort of. Um, she's going to start lashing out. I think she's going to start sort of. I think the mindset that Jocelyn is heading into the summer with is sort of. Look. You know, Mom, if you're going to be this stupid, if you're going to make these kind of mistakes, if you're going to, you know, then, then uh, fine. I'm, I think we're going to see her start to rebel, which, you know, I don't, I don't know if I was watching Days of Our Lives during the very early Sammy stuff, but I kind of feel like that was how Sammy started down that path was, you know, she was very upset with Marlena for the affair with John and all that. And I think that was sort of because I remember when Sammy – um, basically tried to sell Bell on the black market and stuff like that. And I think it was out of a a the fact that she was Anger. rebelling against everything. And and I think we're gonna start to see that with Joss. And I really I love Carly and Sunny, but I don't want them to get that. I'm kinda over them. I would like to see her with someone new. Where is Lorenzo Alcazar? So how are they gonna bring Jax back somebody else? I'm torn on that. I mean I understand the appeal of Sonny and Carly. I understand the appeal of putting them back together. Um, you know, I, when when Morgan died, a a real strong wedge developed between them. I've said for a while now that for me, the way to reunite Carly and Sonny, if you decide you're going to go that route, is to have him make a huge sacrifice in his life, you know, to make some huge change. And, and, and in my mind, that would be leaving the mob because as we know, Carly's like, you know, kind of not in, she, she sort of finally has decided I don't want violence in our lives and look at all that's done to our children and it killed Morgan and blah, blah, blah. And, and so for me, and this is true of almost every character, uh, a couple that is apart. Like if I look at the young and the restless, Devon and Hillary, um, or I look at Julian and Alexis on General Hospital, or Sonny and Carly on General Hospital. For me, when you take a couple like that and break them apart, and there's a, there's a good reason that they are not together. And, and for me, to get them back together, you have to tell a story that involves epic love, epic gestures, something grand, something big. Because that's what the audience wants. The audience misses the days of big, sweeping romance, you know, um, when, when people did amazing things, you know, when, Nikki, when, when Victor would rent out the entire colonnade room just so he and Nikki could dance to their song. Uh, couples don't even have songs for the most part anymore. And I think that for Sonny and Carly, that would do it for me, um, would be him saying, you know what, I love you so much, I'm going to give up this thing that has, has meant everything to me for decades. This has been my life, is this, this quest for power and being, you know, the man in charge. And then and, and if he does that, does he get her back? And, and if he does do this, 
what does he do next? What is Sonny without the mob? How does he, you know, find his way? That's that's the story that I think I could be invested in as far as a Carly and Sonny reunion. Uh, but I would also, I would, I would bring Jax back because Jax is one of the few people who has proven powerful enough to be a spoiler between them and a genuine spoiler. Not like, you know, I loved Martina, the lawyer who he slept with a little while back. She was great. They had great chemistry together, but she didn't have like, for me, she was a temporary speed bump. Whereas Jax, Jax is a real threat to Sonny because Jax is someone that Carly really, really loved. Jax and Carly have a child together. Jax is powerful. Jax is handsome. Jax is all the things that Sonny is. And he doesn't come with the added, but you know, baggage of being, a dangerous guy who could get her kids killed. So for me, you're right. Jax is a real, real threat, and I would love to see them bring him back onto the canvas. Well, um, what, what uh, you know, I have to say, I have to address something. Someone, someone in the chat room was saying, but Richard, they've said for years that you can't get out. Yeah, you know what? That is just ridiculous. Um, I know that fans of the mob stories love to say that you can't get out of the mob. It's a it, I'm going to say something that I hate when people say to me, but I'm going to use it here, and that is it's a soap opera. You can't tell me that on a show where Helena, like three years after dying, Helena is able to, to like haunt a child and make him unleash a virus, or a show where people wore masks and they, you know, they were, they, they, they disguised their voices and made them taller, or where everyone on the canvas has come back from the dead. If you're going to accept all of that, then you can accept that somebody can get out of the mob because it is a story and they set the parameters of what we believe. And if you write it well and you tell a good story, people will believe it. I mean, I'm more willing to believe that you can get out of the mob than I am that a strong, powerful woman like Alexis would ever even consider taking Julius back. I am Julian. I am, I am much more willing to believe that you can leave the mob by bringing down the five families than I am that Alexis would ever consider taking Julian back given what he did to her. So that's all I have to say about that. Mm-hmm. Well, my last thing is like when you said Nikki and thing, I was like, oh, they are the Sonny and Carly of Y&R. The oh, relationship. Oh, yeah. Nikki oh, and- yeah, that- Definitely. And, and it's interesting because on the one hand, when you build up a couple like that and they've got a 20 year history, which, you know, Nikki and Victor have this long, massive history. So on the one hand, there's clearly, clearly, um, you know, an, an investment in this couple fans love them. Um, but at the same time, there's, there's sort of the attitude of, well, if all you're going to do is put them together every time they break up, then I have no more investment in them breaking up than I do in someone dying who I know is going to come back from the dead. So it's, it's a tough road to walk. Do you put together, put them together or don't you? I don't, I personally, I would keep them apart. I think there's so much more fun in Nikki and Victor sort of, you know, I want Nikki to become this, like, become the grand dom of Genoa City and start, like, you know, she can date anybody she wants. She can have a great time. She's rich. She's got all of Victor's money. I would totally play with that. And I would have Victor sitting on the sidelines furious and, you know, doing what he does best, which is go out and marry someone inappropriate because he's mad at Nikki. I mean, I love when these two are apart because they cause so much drama. They want to be together, but they can't be for whatever reason. And they just cause all kinds of drama when they're apart. So for me, I'm more interested in keeping them apart and seeing what their lives are without them. I think there's a, that's the danger with super couples is if you only play them as a couple and always play them as a couple and nothing can break them apart, 
that's not necessarily good soap opera. You know, whether it's Lillian Kane or uh, Hillary and Devon, Nikki and Victor, um, Todd and Blair from One Life to Live. Uh, you know, no matter who the super couple is, I, I understand the appeal of super couples, but I also feel like they can be a little bit limited in your storytelling because you don't, you know, you can't move them on into other things. And if you even try to move them on, the audience might not invest because they know that they're going to get back together, you know? Yeah. Well, that's all I have to say today about my soaps. Well, you know, as always, Tasha, hope you know I'm best. always happy with uh, We're going to hope for the best. We're going to – it's also, you know, it's also interesting because we know now that um, um, uh, Jean Passanante will be leaving General Hospital as co-head writer at the end of July. That's when she leaves. And they haven't said yet whether a new co-head writer will be brought in, how they're going to shape things up. You know, we don't know. So, um, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out in the coming coming months. Plus, of course, Ron coming on uh, on Days of Our Lives. So, yeah, there's some exciting stuff. Hopefully it's all going to pay off for us. Hopefully. My biggest hope is um, the CNN, so. (laughs) <laughs> I, 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 see for me my biggest hope right now is the haves and have not so <laughs> I'm like they it just came back last night and I was screaming at my television I was so happy <laughs> alright so I'm going to let you go so you can speak to some other people alright ha- have a great night Tasha thanks for calling thank you alright uh, you know someone in the chat room uh, Mickey again was pointing out that Sonny tried to leave the mob before and you know, again, that's that's sort of a silly argument because that's like saying Sonny and Carly have been together before or, you know, uh, they wrote a pregnancy story before. Just because something didn't happen the first time or it didn't work the first time doesn't mean it can't happen, uh, that it can't, you can't tell that story again with a different outcome. Uh, oh, um, it's only the soaps in the chat room just said that, um, uh, that their soap is reruns of the doctors from the seventies. And I wish I could get that. I, I don't get the channel that is airing those. I wish I could. I would also kill for them to rerun Knox Landing Homefront. Remember that old, um, remember the, it was, it was done by some of the same people who did Knox Landing. The show Homefront was one of my all time favorites, uh, with Kyle Chandler. And I can't remember anybody else for some reason, all I can think of is Kyle Chandler who was at his absolute cutest during that show um uh, but it took place uh, just after world war ii as the troops were coming home and how their lives were adjusted and the first few episodes were a little rocky but then it turned into an amazing soap opera and i loved it and i wish someone would rerun it or put it on dvd uh we're closing in on the end of the show here we've got a couple people on hold but i don't believe that they are necessarily looking to come on if you are please uh push the button and indicate it to me or send me a message in the chat room. Our number is 714. What is our number? 714-868-0749. I told you this heat was frying my brain. I love when um, people like Tasha call because they can talk about all the different shows and, uh, you know, we don't get stuck on just one show. Uh, We're bringing on another one here. The next caller is 630-630. You're on the air. Hello. Say hi. 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 Who's this? Can you hear me? I sure can. Oh, okay. Um, well, you guys were just talking about Sonny and Carly, and and I my only comment about that is I'm getting really tired of sitting down to watch General Hospital, and it's a Sonny and Carly show. 
It's like there's so many other people on General Hospital I would rather see than Sonny and Carly every single day. You know, I I both understand that because I hear that, you know, I hear that from a lot of people that, you know, and sometimes, and and it is, uh, the probably of all the characters on General Hospital that I hear, you know, various uh, complaints about that probably is one of the number one complaints is that, you know, Sonny and Carly are on uh, too much on every day, blah, blah, blah. Um, I, I'm torn on that one. I'm torn on a lot of things, as you can tell. Um, part of me understands that complaint because they are on a lot. Another part of me sort of gets that they are one of the big, you know, draws of the show. Not for everybody, but they are one of the big draws of the show. Now, I would agree. I would like to see a lot more of, like, Kevin and Laura, um, Nina. I feel like Nina hasn't had story in ages. I do like that we're getting more Jason and Sam with this new story. Um, and, and, of course, there are characters who have been completely backburnered and we never even see anymore, like Brad and Lucas, stuff like that. So I do get that. Um, and I feel, like, I feel like the time that that has really become a big complaint in the last, oh, you know, uh, last six months or so was, was when in the wake of Morgan's death. I feel like Morgan's death sort of in some ways ate the canvas. You know, because it felt like all of the stories on the show were either about Morgan's death or connected to Morgan's death or certainly something about Morgan's death and how it was impacting Sonny and Carly played really heavily for months and months. And I think that was sort of when I started hearing a lot of this complaint. Yeah, I mean, I I would love to see so much more of Finn and Hayden. They are so cool together. Um, it just, I mean, and I love um, Franco. I even like them with Elizabeth. I mean, I, I love seeing them. It's just, I mean, I like Sonny and Carly, don't get me wrong, but it's just a little bit too much for me lately. It's overkill. And I, I just it's would overkill. rather, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, I, I have totally, to tell I you. I totally get that. <laughs> to change the subject, because I don't want to beat it to death, but uh, you mentioned having to have haves and have-nots, and I watched that too. And I remember tweeting to you last season how much I like the show, but I thought the um, the um, narrative, you know, when they, it's re- very, the, now I can't think of the word I want to use. Um, they repeat everything so much. Oh you know, my like God. they're in a conversation, they repeat things like 10 yes. times, and you agreed with me. You said it's true, but I love the show anyway. And I, it's so same true. Same with me. It wasn't, I have to say, it wasn't terrible last night. I thought last night's episode had a really good pace. For those of you who don't know, The Haves and Have Nots is um, a soap opera on OWN, OWN, the Oprah Winfrey Network. Um, and it stars Tika Sumter, who used to be uh, Layla on One Life to Live, who plays an amazing bitch. Although the best character on the show is Veronica Harrington. And I'm sorry. Oh, my me, God. Isn't night, she horrible? Tell me in last <laughs> night's episode. Okay, so in last night's episode, to set this up for you guys, in last night's episode, at one point, um, Veronica has blackmailed her gay son into getting engaged to a woman named Melissa. And Melissa, in last at the end of the season finale a couple months ago, Melissa had slit her wrist and was laying in bed dying. Well, in last night's episode, Jeffrey goes and wakes up his mother, who is just this heinous woman, brings her in and says, we need to help her. And Veronica continually slaps the dying woman, supposedly to try and keep her awake, but as she's doing it, she's saying horrible things like, damn it, I should have picked a different girl, and oh my God, this girl's useless and worthless. And I was rolling on the floor. I was laughing so hard because it's just horrific, terrible behavior. She is so horrible. I mean, oh my gosh. And then in the hospital, they're sitting there, and she's like talking to her 
her maid or whoever, and she doesn't care that it's four o'clock in the morning and she can't get a it's bus, and it's just like, oh my gosh, yes, oh my gosh, such such fun, and it just, and I and and I just really found it to be a really good episode. I thought it moved at a really good pace. Um, if, you, if you missed the have and have nots, and or if you want to read about it and don't know anything about it, if you head over to TV Line, TV Line, TVLine.com, um, they they recapped it, um, so you can find a recap. There aren't a lot of. I'm surprised more places don't recap the haves and have nots actually. But if you go over to TV Line, they wrote a fun recap, and you can find it there and leave a comment. Uh, tell them Richard sent you. No, don't tell them Richard sent you. They don't give a crap that I sent you. Even though I must say half the staff of TV Line at one time or another worked for Soaps in Depth, <laughs> so maybe they do care. Um, but yeah, I agree. I I love that show. I think it's a lot of fun. I haven't seen. I've only seen the first half of Queen Sugar, um, but that's next on my list. I'll probably watch it tonight and tweet it. If you want to join me, um, you can, uh, guys. I tweet primetime stuff over on. Um, all TV, all shade. Uh, that's my Twitter account for uh, primetime stuff. But yeah, I, I'm glad you watched. I'm glad. I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> no, no, you're not. Well, I will let somebody else get on. So, but thanks a lot for letting all me right. talk. Anytime. Glad to have you. Call again. I love. I love chatting. Okay, I will. Okay. Bye bye. Bye. All right, and next, I actually not only know the area code, I know the person's name. Um, 412 <laughs> happens to be Ashley because she was kind enough to drop me a line in the uh, chat room. Ashley, what's on your mind tonight? Hi, Richard. How are you? I'm wonderful, thank you. Okay. Um, so I just wanted to call in about uh, what you said towards the beginning of the show about Hillary and Devon. Okay. Me and your wrestlers. Okay, so here's the thing. Full disclosure, I do love them. Uh, I think I, I've said this on Twitter a few times that I love the actors more so than the characters, but still, I love them. Um, and I, I and think let me just major... let me just interrupt you there to say because I know there are Hillary and Devon fans out there who think I don't love them. I love them. I was on board with them long, you know, ages ago. I, I, yeah. I here's the thing. I take characters to task based on what those characters do. So, for example, when mm-hmm. Hillary and Devon were cheating on her blind husband, I called it mm-hmm. out. I called it trashy, <laughs> and it was. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I love the characters, I, and I am a firm believer that they are, you know, the root for couple. Uh, so so yeah. I just want to make that clear. I love Hillary and Devon. I think Michelle Morgan and, and Bright, Brighton James are so good, and they just have so much chemistry. Yeah. So yeah, they got that out of my system. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think for us, and I, I think a lot of this can be a little bit, um, I don't know, convoluted in what it is that we're upset about or what it is that we're not liking. Because a lot of people on Twitter do more harm than good when they're talking about the couple. Um, yes, they do. <laughs> for the majority, yes, I know, I am aware. For the majority <laughs> of us, there's there's three things that bother us about Hillary and Devon. Uh, I, I guess ups and downs. Number one, the issue is that in the she's been on the show since 2013. Um, they've been kind of in each other's circles since the end of Josh Griffith's um, tenure, and so that's about three years, three four years, let's say. Yeah. In that three or four years, they've maybe been in an actual happy relationship for six months of that. Now, granted, that has to do with Michelle Morgan's maternity leave, and then also she was her character was married to somebody else, and then there's a whole lot of factors in that. But when you say that, you know, a couple can't be happy all the time, we completely understand that. We completely get that. 
We're not saying that they need to be together and happy all the time because we do not need another Lily and Kane. That's not what we want. But at least give us more than just the two months that they were engaged, they were happy. Uh, the one day of the honeymoon, they were happy. And then she fell off a cliff and then came back and then they still weren't together and then she was sleeping with everybody. And then maybe a few months around the whole GC Buzz thing, they were happy. And then that was it. <laughs> that was I agree. And I, I agree with you. And I agree with you. And the reason I agree with you is not because, you know, because I want to see them together and happy, which is fine with me. I don't really care. Um, but the reason I agree with you is they are clearly a couple that the audience has an investment in. But not all yeah. of the investment, all, not all of the invest, audience has had a chance to invest in them. And so you need to give yeah. them, before you break a couple up, in order for us to root for them to be together, you have to really play them as a happy couple. We have to see them in good times. Because if we only yeah. see Hillary as a bitch and Hillary, and, 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 and Hillary doing things exactly. that push Devon away, we have no reason yeah. to root for them. So, yeah, I completely exactly. agree with you on that. And and we thought that that was what it was going to be under Pratt, and we thought as soon as we got someone else in there, it would be different, and it's not. So I don't know if – here's my issue with as far as Hillary, because I adore Hillary. My issue with that is that every new writer that comes in decides they need to reset her. They need to take her back to the Vixen. Under Josh, she was causing trouble. Under Gene and Kelly, she was – or Gene and Shelly, she was causing trouble. Under Pratt, she was causing trouble. Under everybody, she's causing trouble. It's like they reset her, and then they, they decide, oh, we have to – she's too much of a vixen to be tied down with the husband and kids. We have to completely reset this character and start from scratch and make her this horrible person. It's like we've been doing this for three or four years. Why can't she be a whole character? Why can't she have emotions and, and feelings, and why can't she feel regret? And I, I would say as much stuff as I give Jean and Shelley at GH – they're the only ones to actually give her that human side of her. And I didn't appreciate it at the time, and now I'm kicking myself because now again, I, I, I Again, I completely agree yeah. because, like, right now, all we're seeing is her as a bitch. And, and, and yes. the key to writing a good vixen is that we have to also see their motivation, their soft side. Like, for example, as I was talking about earlier in the show, there is no reason on God's green earth for her to be pushing this Juliet none. thing. I know she likes, she none. doesn't like Lily. I get that. But this is this is taking it so far. And, you know, yeah. there was a time when Hillary felt bad because of the pain she had caused Neil and his family because of the various things she had done. And she had that, that moment where she was sort of like, you know, being written as um, having remorse. And it's mm-hmm. like all of a sudden we've taken that away and we're back to just a stone-cold bitch. And, and yeah. That's hard to root for. You know, if, if you look at some of the greatest vixens in television, you know, even, even, even someone like Alexis Carrington-Colby or on Dynasty or, or, or uh, uh, Abby Ewing on Knott's Landing, they, we understood why they did what they did. It was usually because mm-hmm. they, were, they were protecting their children. And there is no understanding why, other than spite, Hillary is doing what yeah. she's doing, and that doesn't give us a lot to latch on to. No, to no, um, to root for. No, it, it, you're completely right, and that's the problem that I've had uh, with this show over the past four to five months. Is exactly that. It's that Hillary is now regressed back to where she was when she first came to town, and I don't understand that. So the, that's the first issue that having fans is that they haven't been happy for more than five minutes before they keep being broken up. The second issue that we have is not necessarily 
that they're broken up is that what they were broken up for. They were broken up to put Devon with Mariah and Hillary with uh, Jordan. Here's the issue that I have with that. This might just be me personally. I can't speak for all Heaven fans. But for me personally, this is kind of like what I say about GH all the time. Instead of bringing on new characters and throwing, you know, popular characters at them to make them stick, how about you bring back somebody the audience cares about? In order for us to care about this breakup, they should have brought back Nate Hastings Jr. for Hillary, and they should have brought back Roxy for Devon. That would have had me okay, all hold, in. I was Ashley, like, oh, hold, on, Ashley, hold on one second. Ashley, hold on one second. Um, guys, if you are listening live, you are either about to lose or just lost the feed. Um, we are going to continue this conversation. Um, and if you want to hear the rest of it, you can hear it in the archives, and I'll be tweeting the link out um, either tonight or tomorrow when it's complete. If I am losing you right now, thank you very much for coming, and uh, we'll be back again next week. Um, for the rest of you, we're going to continue the conversation. If you're listening on the, if you're listening to this um, based on the link, then you're not even going to know that it dropped. So Ashley and I are going to keep <laughs> right on talking. Go ahead, Ashley. <laughs> okay. Okay, but yeah, that's what I mean. That's why I have that complaint with not just this soap. I have that complaint with every soap. They bring on these brand new characters in order to uh, get them, uh, you know, popular with the fans. They stick, they break up either a popular couple or they stick a popular character with them and say, hey, you have to like this little couple. I'm going to stop you there. I'm going to stop you there and I'm going to argue with you there. Um, Okay. uh, uh, Or debate with you, let's say. (laughs) Um, Here's the reason I'm going to argue with you. Mariah is not a new character. Mariah has been on long before she was put with Devon, long before. Now, I do not like Devon and Mariah as a couple. I love Mariah. I love her, love her, love her. I thought I would like Mariah and Devon. I liked the idea of Mariah and Devon, but they just, they're just not working for me. And I, of course, am still bitter because I really wanted Mariah and Kevin to get back together. I liked them. They were fun. They were playful. I thought that was a really good pairing. But... This is not a case of Hillary and Devon were brought on to prop Mariah. That is not, that is not in any way, shape, or form true. And, and, and the reason you can tell that is you can just look at the history. I mean, I mean the, the, the argument that I hear, which you just made, is that, um, you know, that, it's, it, that, that Mariah is a new character and they need to do something with her that would make her more popular and blah, blah, blah. And that's, that's just that's not true. For one thing, the character of Mariah may be new, but Cameron Grimes has been part of this show for, you know, ever since she was a kid. She's been on far longer than either Michelle Morgan or Bright James. And, and, so, and that's so, what I think the problem is. The problem is, is that everybody looks at Cameron like she's Cassie. And, and I don't look at her like that. I look at what she's done as Mariah since she's been on the show, and it's not much of anything. Now, granted, you know, Pratt did, oh, God, he did a, uh, a mess of, of a job on this where he put her with the, what, what were they calling them? Uh, oh gosh, I forget what they were calling them during that whole murder mystery mess. Oh gosh, don't even, don't He did do her an extreme disservice, but when I look at Mariah, I don't look at her as Cassie and I understand that people do. I, I don't. I do not look at her as well, Cassie. Well, no, I'm not, I'm not saying people do, and I don't either. I don't look at her and see Cassie. I think she's done a great job of creating a completely separate character. What I'm saying is that you, in your argument, said that they broke Devon and Hillary up to put them with new characters and to, to boost their popularity, and I'm just saying that's not true in any way, shape, or form. What I will concede is that I believe they broke Devon and Hillary up and put them with Jordan and, and Mariah, as plot points, and they were badly conceived plot points, you know? I mean, 
Jordan is fine. I, you know, I, I don't really particularly have any like or dislike of him. I mean, I feel like they're, they were trying to recreate Shamar Moore's Malcolm with him. You know, I mean, I mean, it's hard to overlook the similarities, but I don't, but I don't, you know, I, I, I don't like him or dislike him. I think he's okay. He doesn't really have much of a presence to me. Um, no, he doesn't. Uh, and, he doesn't have chemistry. And, and again, with I don't see, I don't see a huge amount of chemistry with him and uh, uh, Hillary, nor do I see a lot of chemistry with Mariah and Devon. I do think sometimes it's real easy for shippers of a couple, and I don't, there's nothing wrong with shipping a couple. I, I talk about single couple shippers all the time, and I know I do it in a somewhat derogatory way, but the reason I do that is um, I think there's a difference between people who ship couples and single couple shippers. It's one thing to ship a couple. It's another thing to, to, to only see an entire show through how a couple, one couple is treated. You know what I mean? Like if oh, you're watching General Hospital and you watch the entire show through how Jason and Sam are treated or Franco and Liz or mm-hmm. whoever, yeah. um, it just, it's, yeah, it's hard to talk to people like that because, for example, on Twitter, I have people who, because I occasionally will say something about that, you know, that, oh, I like this scene with, say, like there have been scenes with Devon and Mariah I have liked. Don't mean I like them as a couple. There have been scenes that I like them as. There are some of the single couples fandom who then decide that that means I hate Mariah and Devon or I hate uh, Devon and Hillary and I I have a hate on for them because they see it as they're looking at the show only through that couple's eyes. I don't do that. I look at at the entire canvas, and I like things. I don't like things. Sometimes it changes from day to day, depending on who wrote that day's episode. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm a big believer that Devon and and Hillary are the couple. They're like the, you know, um, I always, always, when I'm talking about super couples, I always go back to, for me, one of the one of the best primetime super couples, which was the Gary and Valley and Ewing on Knots Landing. And I always make the reference that when one of them walked in the room, most of the time they were not together. They were a lot like Hillary and Devon in that they had very little happiness. You know, they they, they like they mm-hmm. in season one they were together, then they broke up and they were like apart for years and years. But but the thing the show did, every single time Gary Ewing walked in the room, Valley looked across the room, locked eyes with him and did this sort of like, where you knew that that was the guy she was meant to be with. Even though she married yeah. other people, even though she had kids with other people. Hillary and Devon are sort of the same way. Like, if there was an episode a couple of days ago, yesterday or the day before, where yeah. um, where they gave Hillary that moment of, you know, of, of being a real human being. And you could see the way Devon was looking at her, the way she was looking at him. You could see these were two people who clearly still love each other. They are clearly mm-hmm. meant to be the couple. And like I said at the top of the show, I promise you that in three weeks or so, and you can call back and tell me whether I'm right or wrong, you're <laughs> going to feel differently. You're going to feel differently. And I don't know whether it's an overall shift in that, like, you know, Sometimes the soaps actually do. I know people don't like to hear this, or, or I shouldn't say they don't like to hear it. They want to hear it, but they don't necessarily believe it. Sometimes the soaps actually do listen. <laughs> you know, sometimes they actually do say, wow, we've kind of screwed this up. Let's see if we can fix it. And I don't know if that's what's happening or if it's just, you know, this is what was always intended, but you're going to see a shift, and I think it's going to make yeah. you, I hope, it's going to make you happy. I could be wrong. Well, I'm sometimes I, wrong. I don't admit it, but I'm sometimes wrong. 
I hope so too, because it's it's been an interesting struggle, uh, which kind of leads me to my last uh, point about why Hillary and Devon fans have been frustrated over uh, the, I guess, three or four years with the couple and the way they're written. And the last thing is, and I know people, some people are sick of hearing it. I'm not going to be sick of saying it. Diversity <laughs> matters. And I understand that that drives people crazy. Why can't you just watch the show as the show? Why do you have to look for diversity and everything? It, it's, it's different with soaps. With soaps, it's been such, it's been something that we've had to kind of look for in, in prime time because we don't get it in daytime. Now, granted, I think GH is, is doing – I stopped watching GH about three or four months ago, so I don't know. But I think they're doing something with Jordan and um, – Oh, gosh. The, Carter, Jordan and Curtis. But before, yeah, and then, obviously, you have um, Rain and Rome, which yeah, I know I call them by their government names. Like, I know them. But you also <laughs> have uh, Nicole Nicole Zende on Bold and the Beautiful. But when you look at it, I mean, Hillary and Devon kind of sparked that. They really did because – it, it was something that we hadn't had in such a long time. That you want to watch a soap opera and see yourself reflected on your screen. And so when, when you take that away or you diminish that or they're written as not being able to have the same ups and downs as other couples in a realistic way, then it, it does bother people a lot. It bothers me a lot. I'm sorry. It, it does. It bothers me a lot to want to see a couple on screen that looks like myself and then not have it. So that's just something that I think that that's, they really need okay. to, that's to remember. Interesting to, that's interesting to me, and it's very loaded. And it's yeah, I know. My <laughs> instinct, no, no, and I don't mean in a bad way. My instinct is to say that again, it's sort of warping history through shipper eyes. And here's the reason I'm going to say that. For example, the bold and the beautiful. You know, you brought up um, Rain and Rome or Nicole and Zendi as their yeah. time zone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Old and the Beautiful has for years, um, especially the last few years, um, been the best example probably on daytime and maybe daytime or primetime of colorblind writing. I say that mm-hmm. because of this. When they introduced the character of Marcus, who was Donna's son? Uh-huh. Donna, Donna, Donna Logan had had an affair had had an affair with Justin years ago and had a son and and, she, and so all of a sudden this black kid shows up at the Forrester Mansion and he's like, um, "Hi, I'm I'm Donna's son," and it was yeah. fascinating to me that clearly Donna had a black son. This white woman had a black son, and yet no one said it. No one mentioned it. Uh-huh. Then yeah. they brought on Maya. Maya, even before she was transgender, you know, Maya was a, a black woman who got involved with a powerful white man, and at no point was this an issue. You know, no one said anything about it. It wasn't – it was – so, like, for me, I find that The Bold and the Beautiful has really done a good job of colorblind writing. They write for their characters. They don't write for – based on the characters. And I can see how yeah, that can be both a good thing and a bad thing. With with Devon and Hillary, I would say the same thing to a certain degree because if you think about it, the old standards of diversity meant that if you were writing, whether it was a black character, whether it was a gay character, whether it was, you know, um, um, uh, let's stick with those two, whether it was a black character or a gay character, you could not write them 
as anything but good. They had to be good people because the audience would rebel if, you know, like, like if you wrote a gay character. I remember One Life to Live had a gay character who was revealed to be a serial killer. And the gay media, uh, which <laughs> it's weird, I'm gay, I'm in the media, but I don't consider myself a member of the gay media. But there was a sector <laughs> of the gay media that flipped out. They're like, how very dare you? You have a gay character on the canvas and you're making them a serial killer. That sends a horrible message. And to me, I said, no, that sends a message that gay people are just like anybody else. Some are good, some are bad, mm-hmm. some are serial killers. I hope I never meet any, you know. But <laughs> and, and there was a time when Hillary and Devon could only have been written a certain way. Hillary could only have been written as, you know, a good character, a character um, with ambition who strove to be, you know, the best in her field or whatever. She would not have been allowed to be a bitch. She would not have been allowed to be you know, manipulative because the audience would not, the the audience who was looking to see themselves on television and couldn't see themselves anywhere else would look at this and be like, wait, that's the only way you're going to write a black character is, is, you know, is she's going to be the best or she's going to be, you know, so I don't know. I feel like with Devon and Hillary, they sort of, and the show as a whole, I mean, let's forget, let's not forget Devon and Hillary aren't the only black characters on this show. I mean, you know, we've got Neil, we've got Lily, we've got, uh, so, so I don't know. I feel like you're putting a lot of weight on them, and maybe it's easy for me as a white guy to look at it and be like, "You're putting a lot of weight on that." And it, but I'm not looking at it the same way you are. You know what I mean? Like you're looking at mm-hmm. it through yeah. through eyes that are looking for something that they don't get to see very often. Um, yeah. So now they don't know. I feel, back I feel to weird. At the time that this happened, because at the time now, right now we have other options. But at the time that Hillary and Devon were getting together, there there was it seemed as though they were going to get together. There weren't any other options on the other shows. I, I think that was around the exact same time that Neil and Leslie, who were never really on screen together in a romantic relationship, if you ask me, they were just kind of right. together, but they weren't really, uh, they were breaking up. So we were talking about a young African-American couple who are unbelievably gorgeous together and had this amazing chemistry, and we didn't have that at the time. Now we do. We have other options, so I, I guess maybe I can get into the other shows until you know why and figures it out. But let me ask you this because I'm I'm fascinated by this because like like I am not as a gay guy. I am not more or less likely to watch a show because they introduce a gay guy. I watch a show, mm-hmm. you know, because I like the characters or I like the actors or I like mm-hmm. the stories or whatever. Um, do you find yourself like more or less likely to watch a show, you know, whether it's primetime or daytime, based on you know whether or not they they sort of reflect you on that on that canvas? Absolutely. And the really? reason why I say that is because I started watching The Young and the Restless when the Barber Sisters were uh, at the height of popularity. I right, was a right. fanatic. I was like, she's amazing. You know, I don't see anything like this. I mean, I, I wasn't really into All My Children, so I understand that Angie was, you know, on All My Children, Angie and Jesse, but I, I right. didn't really watch that. So my mom was a Young and the Restless fan, and I came in one day, and, and Priscilla was on there, and Malcolm was on, and uh, Neil was on, and I was like, oh, oh my God, I, what is this? I need to watch me at a young age because I was like 10 or 11 at the time. So now no, I bother you. if I if I – at the time, did it bother you? Because, I mean, I was a huge fan of that story, too. I loved Drusilla. Drusilla is one of my all-time favorite daytime characters. Mm-hmm. 
But, you know, again, I'm not watching it through the same perspective as you. Did it bother you or perhaps even your mom that, you know, when Drusilla was introduced, she was a street girl who was illiterate. Mm-hmm. You know, she was in some ways what you might consider really a stereotype, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. she did eventually, yeah. you know, we did eventually morph her and she became a ballerina and she, she married. One of the things I remember loving about Drusilla as we got to know the character and certainly like after she became, you know, um, part of Genoa City Society and, you know, married Neil and became, you know, um, um, a model and all this, one of the things I loved about her was, and, you know, please, I, you know, I, it's weird. I, I, I feel like I might offend you by saying this, and I hope I don't. No. But one of the things I loved <laughs> about her was that, on the one hand, 90% of the time, at, 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 once she had gotten to that point where she was, like, working at Jabot and she was a model and all that, you know, she would, I don't know how to phrase this, she would interact with the other characters as if she was sort of an upper class member of Genoa City Society, which she was. But the thing I loved about her was that she could on a dime rip off an earring mm-hmm. and go piano on somebody. And I loved yes. that. Yes. I thought that was <laughs> – yes. because to me that said, you know what, no matter what you do with this character, she is always going to have where she came from. It's always going to be exactly. a part of her. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. And I don't really feel like I see that a lot on television, daytime or nighttime now, except possibly I, – I, I definitely see it in some of the characters on, like, the haves and have-nots. I see it in some of the characters mm-hmm. there. But I don't feel like you see a lot of it, and certainly not on daytime. I'm trying to think if there's anybody on daytime who I feel has that, that quality now. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think there is. Oh. Uh. Um, I don't think so. Um, I mean, there's a couple of characters which I, um, which was going to be my last last point was that I can't wait until you get into Queen Sugar because it's amazing. There are a few characters on Queen Sugar that are like that. They're from the I South, love but they're in one. I loved season yeah, one. I, yeah, I started watching season two. I started watching the first episode last night, and you know, the only scene that I saw so far that that sort of stood out for me in a not good way because I think it's so I think it's so well put together and so well acted. But there was I just before I went to work this morning, I was watching the scene where um, and and. I forget all the characters' names, but Rutina Wesley's Doesn't character went to um, a baby shower. And yeah. the dialogue in that scene where she was talking to them about what they want and what they could have and what they should aspire mm-hmm. to have, yeah. the dialogue in that scene felt so forced to me. It didn't feel like a natural conversation. But then I was like, you know mm-hmm. what? I'm not a black woman. Maybe this is a real black woman yeah. conversation, you know? Yeah. Just because I'm a gay man who likes I, to pretend he's a black woman doesn't mean I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think Ava DuVernay has this way about it where it's she wants to get out a message and she wants it to be poignant and she wants it – uh, to resonate, um, but at the same time, it, 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 you can tell it's dialogue, and I think that's one of those scenes, as much as I love Nova, I, I kind of, I watched that scene too and was like, okay, I mean, I I too am 33 years old, a black woman and single, and have no intentions on marrying, so I it, it I got it, like it made sense to me, but I can see where you're coming it from, where it's just, like it wasn't natural, it, exactly, yeah. It, it felt like, you know how sometimes like, I remember back in the day 
the young and the restless, when they used to do their social issues stories, you know, like Cricket would mm-hmm. suddenly go work at, you know, a clinic with dying AIDS babies or whatever. And it would be this lovely story, and everything would come to a stop because the characters suddenly sounded like they were reading from a pamphlet. Well, did you know that 30,000 mm-hmm. people every day get yeah. hit by buses? You know, and it's like, and it just it did not feel natural at all. And that was how I felt about that particular scene in Queen Sugar. Like, in the middle of the episode, it suddenly came to a stop while she delivered mm-hmm. this. And I got the message, but it just didn't feel like a natural way of delivering it. But anyway, to get yeah. back to Hillary and Devon, do you, do you feel like like, I've looked at Hillary and Devon, and again, I'm looking at it from, you know, a white dude point of view. I look at it, and I feel like they are written in almost a colorblind way, in that they, the writers have told stories with them that they could tell with any character, you know, whether it's a, whether it's a black character, a white character, an Asian character, it wouldn't matter. And I, I guess that I assume that that's a good thing, you know, that, that like, you're not mm-hmm. telling a white story or a black story or a gay story you're telling a story am i looking at that the right way is that how you feel um i think when you actually get down to the actual storylines and all storylines and soap operas are a little bit ridiculous <laughs> in the same but <laughs> no. i think in, in that yeah i think in that instance they are however i also think that if you put them up against uh, another character who is white or another couple who's white, and you do a compare and contrast. It's it's really interesting to me, and it, it's I'm not saying it's racist or it's a racial issue or anything like that. I'm just saying that the two characters, let's say Hillary and Chelsea, they came to town as schemers. They, you know, they've done some bad things in their lives. One character is allowed to be redeemed, and the other isn't. That's how we kind of look at it. We're not saying that it's it's not colorblind or it is colorblind we're just saying that's that, a great okay, Hillary, point of view Hillary, you're right Hillary can have other things I, I don't understand it's like chelsea did all these things and she's you know got all these men falling over her she's got all these she's got kids now she's allowed to be own her own business and and, and all this and then hillary she wants to own her own show and then she's called you know a a gold digger like i think we just don't get it Okay. Okay. Now let me. Okay. Now we're gonna have to switch. Now we're gonna switch topics. Now we're gonna switch topics. Okay. Tell me that you hate GC Buzz and the Hillary Hour as much as I do. They just are bad. They just are bad. They don't feel like real shows. It just feels like a plot point that was designed to put. You know, we needed something for Hillary to do, and we needed something for Mariah to do. Mm-hmm. Well, we can co-host this show. And, and even if you took Mariah out of the equation, GC Buzz is just a bad idea. It doesn't feel like yeah. anything ever air on any network. <laughs> okay, so I have a love-hate relationship with GC Buzz. On one <laughs> hand, I despise the entire thing. I hate it. I think it's silly. However, on the other hand, I'm like, they created this in order to have a lot of the other characters kind of involved with Hillary and Devon. And that was a, lot, a big complaint with us last year was that Hillary and Devon lived in the winter's bubble. They didn't interact right. with other people. They didn't, they did not leave the damn GC, GCAC for like three months. Like it was ridiculous. <laughs> we couldn't stand it. So we do, I, I personally like the idea that other people, you know, you have Brash and Sassy coming to the studio doing interviews. They're going to to Hollywood, they're doing all this stuff where it, it kind of feels like the show isn't revolving around them, but they're more interactive. So I did like that, but the entire GC Buzz thing is ridiculous, and it's not something that I feel as though Hillary should be doing. Uh, I think a lot of the more recent writers have forgotten the way Hillary's introduction was 
you know, the fact that she does have, uh, I think it's a Bachelor of Arts, uh, the fact that she speaks three different languages, the fact that she's, you know, been in PR most of her adult life, they just completely wiped that slate. Right, like, I want, (laughs) exactly, for me, I wanted to see, like, I honestly, I'd be okay, I think, if Mariah, like, either stayed on at GC Buzz or went over and started working for hashtag Victor's new company or something, because they have established mm-hmm. almost since Mariah was introduced that she's got like this interest in writing and journalism and all that. This did not feel yeah. natural for Hillary. For me, yeah, I wanted no. to see Hillary. I wanted to see Hillary go work for Newman or work for Javot, like work in their PR departments. Yeah. Like, like, like I wanted her not to be like, Oh, I want somebody to buy me a television station. I wanted her to be like, I am going to be a powerful executive and I'm going to prove myself, you know? Yeah. Sort exactly. of the same way Drusilla yeah. did. I would have I, I would have yeah. liked that so much better instead of what ended up for me feeling a lot like a plot point. GC everything about GC yeah. Buzz feels like a plot point. And then it's like they're it's gotten to the point where they started out G C Buzz as something, as I stated, was like a device to get them involved in the rest of the cameras. And then they started making it like a caricature of itself. Like, did you do you remember the episode where they were like testing out cleaning products? That was ridiculous. Yes, I do. I was like, "What are, what are you doing? Are you? Is this? It was like an infomercial or something." I just watched that whole episode. Like, what has my life come to? I don't understand what I'm watching. And so, it's you like, know what it reminded me of? Do you remember? Remember? Remember when? I guess it was Nick. Who was it? Nick, Sharon, Jack, and Phyllis, maybe. And the four of them bought that magazine, Restless Style. Oh and yeah. Restless yeah. Style. Restless Style was this nationally published magazine, nationally distributed uh-huh. magazine that only covered people who lived in Genoa City. <laughs> and I was like, exactly. Why? <laughs> this this makes no sense. Exactly. I just. Those kind of stories make me insane. And like GC Buzz, yeah. they've done a, they fluffed it out a little bit and explained a little bit more that it's like you know syndicated or she wants it to be syndicated or whatever. But for the first year of GC Buzz, I was like, where is this show airing? Is it on TV? Is yeah. it on the internet? It seems to go live at the drop of a hat. It seems to be able to go live day, night, anytime it wants. I just, I, yeah. I, I really didn't understand that, and I felt like. It just made no sense, and and it also I felt like like it was it felt sort of disrespectful to me that Devon was like here I'm gonna buy you a television show <laughs> you know like like that's yeah. not uh, that's not what a powerful woman wants she doesn't want to be given something she wants you know to prove herself and I don't know mm-hmm. I just everything about GC Buzz I just want them to I want them to their next big plot can be like someone sets fire to GC Buzz and nobody notices <laughs> only if they take the underground with them. Underground gotta go. See, now the underground they've changed my mind about. The underground well, used to be yeah, this yeah, place. The mind. underground used to be a place that only like like three people ever hung out at. They all worked there. There were no clients and it made no sense. And now mm-hmm. like they've actually turned it into a place where when we go to the underground, there are actual people there. Like they've done some things both with the underground and on the show as a whole that like strike me as, Oh my God, this is interesting. And you've never done this before. Like when they had the rave at the underground, I, as soon as I heard they were doing a rave at the underground, I was like, Oh Jesus, please. No, please. No. But then they did it and it turned out to be a blast. It was so much fun. Or when they took everybody to the opera, that was fun. And it was something different than what we see all the time. So now that the yeah. underground has become a place where actual story happens and there are more than three people hanging out there, I'm like, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, do I think that the, yeah. the son of the richest guy in town should be running a bar? No, I don't. But no. <laughs> but who am I to say? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Ashley, I really want to thank you. And, um, you know, I really would like to continue this conversation as the story with Devon and Hillary move forward. So please, um, you know, please call again because I really – I really value your your input and your perspective and your fun. So I those are three right, things well, I really thank like. Thank you in for taking my call. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> thanks for calling, and we'll talk again soon. All right. Bye. Have a good night. Thank you. Well, guys, that's going to bring us to the end of this show. We ran over a little bit, but I really was so, you know, when I brought the show back a month or so ago, I vowed that I was only going to do hour-long shows. I was not going to let them keep going past the hour, but. Every now and then you get somebody on who's really, really interesting. And um, we had some good callers tonight. Um, Tasha, one of my favorites. Um, the, another caller whose name I didn't catch, so I apologize. And Ashley at the end, who was really, I've been wanting to talk to a Devon and Hillary fan for ages because I, I know that so many of the Devon and Hillary fans think I hate them. And it's not that I hate the Devon and Hillary. I'm not, no, I don't hate any fans. It's not that I hate Devon and Hillary. It's that I don't like their story sometimes. And that can be, you know, if you if you are only looking at what I'm saying about a particular scene or a particular moment in a story, you might take that as I hate the couple. No, I love the couple. I think Michelle Morgan and um, Brighton James are so talented and have so much chemistry, but I want better story for them. So in the end of the day, it turns out that we want the same thing. So I want to thank everybody for listening. Um, you can find me, of course, at... Uh, on Twitter at Soaps and Death ABC or Soaps and Death CBS, or if it's primetime, uh, I'll be talking primetime shows on at all TV, all shade, all shade, all TV. It's all TV, all shade. Uh, and my personal account, of course, is at how rude are you? You can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash trophy. That's facebook.com slash T-R-A-L-F-I-E. We'll be back again next week, probably on Monday night, but you never know. We're a little flexible these days. Uh, so feel free to subscribe to the podcast, and uh, it'll you'll get little notices when we have a new one up. Uh, I look forward to talking to more of you next week. And remember, because it's soaps, what do you have to do? Tune in tomorrow. Definitely.